Hey guys, before we get started today, wanted to let you know about another ESPN podcast. You already know about it. It's Dominique Foxworth's show, The Dominique Foxworth Show. Obviously, you're familiar with him from this show. Um, but if you haven't checked it out, it's a great show. Of course, Dominique brings his unique perspective on football, but he talks about a lot of other stuff too. Smart guy. So check out The Dominique Foxworth Show. Listen wherever you're listening to this podcast. Welcome back to the Mini Time Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast. One of the host's least favorite Rihanna song is Stay, because he thinks it's about disciplining dogs. That's Lenny. I'm Mini Kimes. <laughs> it's a good one. I like that one. Really? Ah, thank you. Thank you so much. I don't have a least favorite Rihanna song. I think they're all great. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Rihanna song? Um, the one that like I would say at weddings where I go the crazy. Ah, uh, you're old. You're old. <laughs> Ah, I love it when you don't know the names of songs and you say the one that that one where the guy when the with the you know that one. I like We Found Love and Rude Boy. Okay. What about you? Now you got to perform them now. Give us a little bit. We found love and anyways, I'm I actually lo- I was looking for Rude Boy. I wanted to hear. <laughs> um, I think Monster. I like Monster. I'm actually legitimately excited for this Super Bowl performance. Oh, really? What? You, you say that like it's surprising. I am slightly surprised. Did you? I mean, are, I, I, are you, you going to insult the Rihanna Navy? Did you not see what happened to our colleague Stephen A. Smith? Oh, oh, I remember when he had to apologize. Well, he didn't have to apologize, but he apologized to the Navy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I'm, I guess I don't know. No. I, I feel like I'm better off keeping my expectations low for halftime shows, and like I'm pleasantly surprised whenever I, I don't know. I think the halftime show is such a tough like thing to pull off. Yeah, you know, the the they fixed the the environment because they used to like not have those fans on the field, yeah, or like those actors yeah. on the field. Like that makes it so much better when they, when it was just people in the middle of an empty field trying Not to perform. Great. It just was like always like the energy yeah. was terrible. Um, I'm actually not going to be there. I'm coming home on Saturday. I'm leaving right after we tape this podcast for Phoenix, um, and we're going to split it up this week. So so. If you're listening to this on audio, great, but it's not a video format this week. I'm doing the video in Wednesday, uh, in Wednesday, geez, in Phoenix with Michael Jr. Um, today, you and I are going to talk about the Eagles offense versus the Chiefs defense, and we're going to run through some NFL storylines, some coaching hires, that kind of thing. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to talk about the other side of the ball. Dominique, are you tired of talking about Jalen Hurts quarterback sneaks. I'm trying to think what the most overused storylines are going to be. What, what, what do you think up for, for the Eagles? What are the, the three things that everybody's going to talk about into the death? Oh, man, let's party. see. It's, it's a running attack. Uh, Lane Johnson in general, O-line. Those, are, those feel like the top ones to me. You know, J- Jalen Hurts design runs, but I think it's mostly about the running game is what we're going to hear a lot about. I think something that will probably come up a lot certainly on our shows is Jalen Hurts as a passer and how he's struggled a little bit lately and sort of what that might mean for this game. Um, and I guess the, the let's start there actually, because I think that's, I'm going to start with a kind of a different question. So, you know, part of the reason why the Eagles have been so hard to stop this year is that if you put an extra man in the box, play cover one, he will, they have punished teams throwing deep and, to the outside. Jalen has been very good throwing deep middle of the field as well, but basically the Eagles, you know, they're, they're very, very good wide receiver group. 
uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. They've been able to punish teams for doing that. So, you know, recently, Jalen, since coming back from injury in particular, has been a little bit up and down throwing the ball, coming off of, you know, a, not a great throwing performance versus San Francisco. My question for you is this. Do you think it matters? Um, I guess I need clarification. It matters if he can't throw the ball, um, but it doesn't matter to me that he hasn't well up until now. So okay, I, yeah, I my think, question is if he can't. So Yeah, if, if he know, can't, yes. yes, I think so that, if he comes in this game and he still struggles, like if, if he's still not really connecting on those downfield opportunities, do you think it matters? <sighs> All right, I, I guess I get what you're asking. I, I think it, it's debatable. Dominic. Yeah, it's I know debatable. because at first it seems obvious, but like I understand the with the Chiefs' uh, defense and with what you presume would be the Eagles' game plan, it may not matter that much in big chunks. Although there are things that you want, you don't want to. They, they kind of want to wear the defense down and keep the ball, those sorts of things. But I don't know. I think their recipe has been one way the entire season and I think the the dangerous thing about that offense is that they can beat you in a bunch of different ways and if they are incapable of using one of those ways then I, I think that does matter it certainly makes life easier for Kansas City I mean I do think that regardless the Eagles would be able to move the ball on them with the run game the RPO attack um, you know everything that they do with both Hertz and Gainwell Slanders as runners I I, I see I don't see the Chiefs, I, I think that's obviously a disadvantage for them. However, um, you know, then you have to be a little bit more methodical, obviously, and you're more likely to get into, um, you know, the occasional third and third and long. And I think that's where, if this if they get into third and long, that's where suddenly I think the Chiefs actually do have a little bit of an advantage. Because, again, if, if Jalen's not able to throw the ball well in this game because the you know where the world that the Chiefs want to live in is one where it's third and long and they're able to blitz Hurts. Right. Um, you know we know Hurts' numbers, his splits when he's blitz, in particular when he's zone blitz because obviously if you man blitz him he can take off and run and you don't have eyes on the quarterback. But when teams do zone blitz him, uh, you know he he has struggled this year. His QBR. Um, it, it's actually fourth when he's man blitzed, tw- drops to 20th versus zone blitz. And that's something that the Chiefs like to do. In fact, uh, when they do zone blitz, they have the second highest pressure rate in the NFL and they hold uh, opposing quarterbacks to the 29th QBR. So that is the situation they want to be in against this Eagles offense. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is not different from any other team. Like you want to get teams in third and long. Everybody is worse right. in third and long. What you do in those third and long situations is like... It may depend on the opponent. In this situation, you're making a valid argument for zone blitzing him. But I, I kind of, I don't know. I, I, you should certainly mix it up, but I, I'm not sure I would even blitz him, honestly. Really? Is, yeah. Um, and uh, I guess I'm, I'm concerned about the youth of the secondary for the Chiefs and like yeah I would blitz him some uh, I'm just saying I'm not sure that that would be like the centerpiece of my game plan as much as it's, if he's struggling to connect downfield then I'd make him prove to me that he could connect downfield rather than blitz and compromise the defense or uh, give man matchups with AJ Brown and young corners uh, who are in their first year so maybe I'm just a little bit more risk averse or then you just get fully aggressive with the blitzing. But if you get him in third and eight, third and nine, then 
I get it. You want to hurry him up. You don't want him for give him a bunch of time. And I guess he could also scramble if you give him a bunch of time. But I also want to see him connect on a couple of those passes yeah. that he struggled with. I do. I, I I wonder if like Steve Spagnolo, they're going to test him early on to kind of just see you know mm-hmm. where he is passing because you know the Chiefs play a lot of cover two in quarters, but I imagine right. that they'll be spinning safeties into the box. And if they're in cover one and, you know, I, like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are going to cook the Chiefs corners in this right. game at some point or the other, um, to say nothing of like Dallas Goddard. So I, I feel like you almost want to see early on, OK, when that happens, how is Jalen looking as a thrower? Because here's the thing, Dominique, if he is and we, we'll get to the run game, which is like I just totally skipped over it. If he is throwing the ball well in this, I don't think the Chiefs defense has a shot at stopping. I'm not, I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to lose because we're talking about the other side of the ball on um, what uh, Thursday. But if he's throwing the ball the way he did, you know, first half of this season, I struggle to come up with answers for Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, that's true against just about any defense, I would think, if – Right. He's if you're the dominant ball, running yeah. the ball and dominant throwing <laughs> yeah. the ball, turn yeah. it really great <laughs> yeah. stuff. Either. And you can get big chunks through the air and also big chunks on the ground. I think it's going to be tough either way. Um, I guess the the shoulder injury for Jalen Hurts, uh, our biggest concern was how well he ran the ball, at least mm-hmm. for me, was how well he ran the ball and if they would have to take the design runs out of the offense. That seems not to be an issue. But we remember how – much Josh Allen's accuracy was impacted by his elbow injury. It doesn't mean that you can't play, and I think that's something that at least I forget often when we're talking about players' injuries is, Mm. like, uh, injury can degrade your play, too. It's not like either you're in or you're out, you know, and I think that's how often I think about it is like, all right, I saw Jalen Hurts throw after he hurt his shoulder, and I've seen him come back, like, in that same game, and I've seen him come back and play, and he's obviously going to play in this game. So I haven't really given much thought until you kind of brought it up to like the idea that maybe it's like irritating him or it's impacting him in some way that it, the same way they want to test Mahomes' ankle, yeah. that they should be looking to test Jalen Hurts' accuracy and his shoulder and whatever, all the things that you will need your throwing shoulder to do. They need to see early on how well he can do it and make him do it until he makes you pay for it and then you can change. And similarly to Mahomes' ankle, it's probably better now than it was. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is the nice thing about the Super Bowl is guys have time to get a little bit healthier, right? And if it is giving him problems, it, it could be affecting him in numerous ways. I mean, you know, something we've seen also, I think, in recent weeks is Hurts has looked more uncomfortable in the, in the pocket mm. than usual. Like he's he's kind of bailing a little bit quicker, and that perhaps could be connected to it as well. I'll, I'll, you know, the, the, hell, the further this goes along, the healthier he is. Um, so that might impact his game in a positive way in this one. But, you know, I I, I, I really skipped over, like, yeah. that. you know, that's if they get to third and long, and that's if, you know, they're, they're, they're making him throw the ball. But the reason I asked doesn't matter is because I, I also, a big part of me thinks, because this game, look, it's probably, I think it's going to be high scoring, we'll see. But I think both offenses have a bit of an advantage in this one. Um yeah. That's the reason why I think the Eagles offense, you know, the, you could see a situation where throwing does matter more, especially if they don't have like a lead in the second half, which is not a situation that they've been in very often. However, they should be able to run the ball on Kansas City and kill them with the RPOs. I mean, if you're the Chiefs, you know, we just watched this Eagles option rushing attack destroy 
a significantly better defense yeah. in San Francisco. If you're the Chiefs, like forget the you know the 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 blitzing and all that, like how do you even begin to approach this run game, which you know very few teams have had success stopping? Yeah, it's scary because um, we talked about the advantage that the um, Eagles have on the outside with the receivers versus cornerbacks, also because like. The first step to approaching the way you would stop a running attack is to um, commit more people to stop the run. And then that means you have to take those people from somewhere, which um, isolates your young corners and put them against um, top-level receivers all alone for early downs for the course of the entire game because just Mm -hmm. the way it's going to be. So the Chris Jones factor is going to be huge. He's going to have to play a big role and – dominate up front in the running attack more so than in the passing attack. And I guess the the best option in order to try to protect your secondary and not pull people out of there to attack the running attack is is stunts and slants yeah. and loops and twists and try to blow up their running scheme. Because their running scheme is not just simple, straight-ahead, plow people over. Although they're capable of that, I think, and maybe it's just because it's the most interesting stuff, is they do like some... Some pulls and and uh, and down blocking, like they do some interesting things to create gaps and to create running lanes and create big plays in a running attack. And either way, whether you're doing pulls or not, if you are slanting and you guess right, you can kill a play no matter how good the offensive line is. If you're looping and you guess right, then you can destroy uh, a play no matter how good the offensive line is. But then, obviously, with that risk comes reward. If you're slanting the wrong way, if you loop and you're looping to the wrong side away. Like just generally you don't want to put your, you're compromising yourself in some way. So when you're playing against a team that's better than you, you're going to have to take some risk. I think it's the bottom line. You have to choose where those risks are. And I would suggest to stunt and loop up front rather than uh, give them a shot to go deep to AJ Brown against young people. Yeah, I think, and this is kind of why I felt this way about blitz as well, but in terms of playing the run too, I think you do have to take risks in this game. You have to try to create some conflu- confusion, pardon me. Um, at times, I think they're going to have to blitz the run, which is something that they're decently good at. Um, you just have to, you know, it, they're going to get gashed here and there, but I think if you can create certain some negative plays on first down, um, you're more likely to get into that, you know, the, those certain longs that we were talking about. Sorry. And I would talk to the corners too, like, is, yeah. or anyone who's in coverage is like, keep them in front of you and tackle them is on, on certain coverages, like early downs, keep them in front of you, the receivers that is, and tackle them because we're not going to be able to help you. We might have to, like, on certain plays, we might have to commit more up front and you have to, don't give it up, don't give up the deep ball. If they get 15 yards, that's fine. We live to play another day. That's the weakness of the defense as long as you don't give up a touchdown or 35 yards. And then we'll try to give you help when we can, and it's the it's the balance of this. They, I mean, they did that pretty well against Cincinnati. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, the Chiefs cornerbacks press a lot. The Eagles mm-hmm. are a nightmare against press. AJ is too good. Devontae's mm-hmm. too good off the line of scrimmage as well. Um, but I think if they, I, I, I expect them to come out with like a pretty zone heavy game plan a lot of it which is but you know it's kind of what they've been doing the the second half of the season as they've been better and better um 
And I think to your point, like, yeah, they're going to have to lean on those cornerbacks to just keep things in front of them and tackle. And then up front, try to wreak some havoc. I, I do. I mean, the, the problem with this Chiefs offense is like when you guess so often you're wrong because, you know, Hurts, in addition to being an exceptional ball carrier is also very good at decision making. I think it's kind yeah. of been an underrated aspect of his game this year. Yeah. And, and this is not, this is an offense where there's like three things that could happen on any given play. And he seems to generally choose the right one, Dominique. Yeah. I think that's the huge thing. And that's the point about confusion. And last week you and I talked a bunch and we raved about how good the Eagles were at in-game adjustments. And that's something yeah. that Spagnola should know. And Spagnolo should know and should be aware of. And, should have different stuff for each quarter, I would say. Is you you noticed when there were changes that they put in last week, and we we laid it out specifically that when you addressed one thing, the very next series, uh, and maybe it's series to series or or quarter to quarter, the very next series they had something in the game plan that was directly designed to defeat what they were doing, and either they are able to anticipate what you're going to do to address it. Or they can make small tweaks here and there, which they probably can. They have so many plays, and over the course of the season, they can just throw some stuff in there from earlier to work. But if you get a three and out and you slant it right on first down and that's how it worked, then you need to be thinking of what the counter is next time. And Mm. I think making all the stuff look the same, or at least having counters off of things that look normal. So, like, if you have... You're blitzing off the edge like we saw the 49ers had success blitzing off the edge and before the um, the Eagles adjusted to it. If you have success blitzing off the edge, then come back with that same look and come off the other edge without showing. Like It just has to be – that's the type of risk I would say is you have to stay one step ahead of them because they're better than you. <laughs> so yeah. once they know what you're well, doing, they're going to beat you. It's because they have – they being the Eagles offense, they have so many pitches in their right. arsenal that <laughs> exactly. they can say, oh, okay, you're going to um, – you know, Blitz Hufanga off the, this is what we talked about last week. Okay, we're going to pull Kelsey and then have Hurts be the runner, whatever. Like, there's so many different things they can do on any given play. Um, and, and this is what was the great beauty of the Eagles this season. Once they find something that's working, <laughs> they will just Spam it. kill you with it over and over and over. Every different game had like a different theme. I remember we talked about this on a podcast. I I think it was after the game where they had like a ton of RPOs, but like some days it's like a Sanders game. Some days it's a Hertz game. Some days it's AJ Brown game. Some days, uh, it, you know, it, it's that. And I think the problem is as much as this Chiefs defense has improved, and I really do think they've improved as the season went on. I was pulling, so, you know, the, the problem with the Chiefs defense is like their full season splits don't or date the stats, pardon me, don't really reflect who they are, in my opinion, yeah. because who they are if, right now, who they are right now. Yeah. yeah. If you split it or go from like week 12 through the Super Bowl, it's so much better. I mean, they just got so much better as the year went on. One thing that like jumped out to me first EPA per play versus play action since we first best defense in the NFL. That's wild. Um, You know, just better at a million different things. But in any case, as much as they are improved, I just I just think this Eagles offense has so many answers. So coaching, to go back to what you said, is going to be pair like I, I, I feel like this particular matchup, the Eagles offense versus the Chiefs defense, Steve Spagnolo is gonna have to call the game of his life because he right. is outmanned. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's the the point is to to anticipate the adjustment, and that's one thing that I think. I know we're talking, yeah. I don't want to bleed into your next part, but I don't. I haven't seen, and maybe the Eagles haven't needed to do that, but I haven't seen them do that defensively as much as I think um, we're going to need to see the Chiefs yeah. do it this game. Is anticipate the adjustment, and the Chiefs, the Eagles. Normally, when you have more talent than other people, like it's fine. You don't have to get all complicated. You don't need to outsmart yourself. You're better than them. Do what yeah. you do, and they can't stop you. But when you are uh, the less talented bunch, which I think is. Probably true of both sides of the ball, honestly, totally for for the for the Chiefs, but particularly when it's the Eagles' offense against the Chiefs' defense, then you definitely need to get whatever edges you can get. And one of the challenging things about this adjustment stuff that we're talking about and needing to be one step ahead is the youth factor. Is they're such yeah. a young team, and that you're asking a lot because you don't do that in college, and maybe college is different since I well, actually no, I watch it still. And not like the guys, they run the same shit from week to week. Like not even in the course of a game do they change. Not even in the course of um, there'll be some tweaks to the game plan, but you'll find like on third and and six, they're going to their go-to play uh, every week. So like having that that expectation and same thing, especially even worse for defenders, is like we got five blitzes, we got five coverages, this is what we're going to do. And expecting them to be able to fix all that. And I guess they have more time now, and they're vets by now through the course of the season. They got extra time this week. But that's what I would be doing in practice is, like, practicing making adjustments. Yeah. We're practicing all all the, the entire course of the game or the entire course of practice is like, all right, when we see this, we're going to do this. Mm. Once that doesn't work, we're going to do here. I want no mistakes. We don't have to go full speed, but we need to be able to be where we are and um, and hold those disguises and make the the right decisions, and also like be prepared. You're gonna give some shit up, <laughs> and and like don't get down. Just it's gonna be a, a rough ride for them. They just gotta look over at Patrick. And I try was just to, say, how yeah. much of a confidence boost is it having 15 on your team? Be like, ah, we gave a touchdown, but yeah. you know, I mean, that's gotta really help a lot. But to your point, Dominique. 25% of the Chiefs' defensive snaps this year were played by the rookies. That was the third highest in the NFL behind the Bears and the Texans. Very Oof, different two. football teams. <laughs> um, they uh, used 10 rookies in both playoff games. Uh, this wow. is from our stats people. 10 only, rookies? 10 rookies. That's crazy. Only three teams have ever used 10 rookies in a Super Bowl. The last time it happened was 1981. And the AFC Championship, so Sneed goes out. He's going to play in this game. I want to ask you about that in a second. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's like an all rookie secondary. They accounted for 418 snaps. That is the second most by a play by rookies in a playoff game the last 15 seasons. Wow! Yo, the Chiefs are going to be good for a long time. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Like, I mean, I yeah. you know, for Mahomes, it's like you never know when you get back. Obviously, this is very important to his legacy. You want to win or whatever, but like, damn, like, <laughs> yeah, good for them. And they're not in a tough situation financially. Yeah. They got draft picks and stuff. Yeah, things are looking good. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, 
S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. I had a question that's unrelated to this. I don't know if it's the right time for it, but you can. um, What do, so like they have to be so tired, but I I guess, honestly, mostly I'm just tired. And I'm like, man, I ain't been playing. This season's been long to me. So, like, I, I don't know. I need some deer antler spray or something. Is it just caffeine? Is that what I need? Because, whew, this season, long. What's your question? That's it. This season, long. Like, it just has it felt long to you. There you go. That's the question. Honestly, I just wanted to complain. We, we don't have to talk about it. I just wanted to get off my chest. And I see the light, Mina. There is light, and I'm excited. I mean, I, maybe that's where, you know, I, I, I think, like, in terms of the injuries and the longevity of it, I mean, these have both been relatively healthy teams, which right. part of the reason why they're both in the Super Bowl. Now, the Eagles losing their quarterback for a few games and him still being a little bit banged up. And then Mahomes is a little bit banged up, too. So that hurts. But otherwise, this is this is a pretty fair fight. I mean, we'll see what happens with the Chiefs wide receivers. That's yeah, I, I was going to say Chiefs. And yeah, I, just, I chose to tape that second because I think we'll get a little more info But because um, right. I think that yeah. matters a lot. Um, but for the most part, like, this is pretty evenly matched health-wise. Like, these yeah. teams did stay healthy. Who do the Eagles... I mean, Barnett, right? That's the only guy. Is there anybody else, like, of note that is going to um, miss this game? What's this... Uh, I think Avante Maddox is fine. Oh, yeah, okay. Right? Oh, he's fine. Um, okay, good, good, good. I think... Let me... Actually, that's... Well, it's, I, I didn't... It's the other side of the ball. Okay, never mind. He's not practicing as of three days ago. He's back in a walking boot. That's not good, but um, he says he's playing... Mm, he won't say okay whatever anyways that's uh, yeah that's that's on uh well, thursday or wednesday or whatever the big one for kansas city was sneed yeah. and he is back he is clear yeah. concussion protocol that is massive for this game i think especially i mean i i still think like aj brown is still better than legere sneed but right. if the chiefs do you know in, in in certain situations if they do blitz or if they do rotate that safety down they are going to need their cornerbacks to hold up uh and that and to your point like if they are making in-game adjustments his experience will be so yeah needed. i think this the just the experience out there the presence in general it just will be nice to have someone who's like been in these games before and 
and I mean, been in any games before. <laughs> like these guys yeah. are just like making it through one season, and they have. Well, go ahead. Let me ask you about a guy who has been in a lot of games. Who is the most uh, important player on the Chiefs' defense, and that is, of course, Chris Jones. Coming off of the AFC Championship, takes over the game. Bengals offensive line, very different from Eagles offensive line, which is arguably the best in the NFL. My question for you is this. Do you think he can be impactful in this one? (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I absolutely think he can be impactful. He's the best D-tackle in football this season. Uh, But just like anybody else, I think the circumstances need to allow him to be impactful. There's nobody, I guess, outside of a quarterback that can just take over a game uh, without, I mean, I guess you can beat double teams and all that stuff, but I, I do think that it's partially about the circumstances. They can run away from Chris Jones. They can double team Chris Jones. They can get a big enough lead so that his pass rush doesn't matter. But if the game is competitive, I think Chris Jones will have an impact on the game. As good as the um, Eagles' offensive line is, Chris Jones is good enough to win a few yeah. times at key downs, which is it's the the life of cornerbacks and offensive linemen is you can ball out all game and if your opposition, be it a receiver or a defensive lineman, breaks through one time, that's enough to tilt the game depending on when and where it happens. And I do believe Cocaine Bear himself, Chris Jones, will have an impact <laughs> on this game. Um I feel like Kelsey's more of the cocaine bear than Chris Yeah, Jones. that's fair. I just remember the commercials we're playing during the AFC Championship yeah, game, like, and we came uh, right in from a cocaine bear commercial to watching <laughs> Chris Jones just demolish everyone in front of him. I was like, oh, man, did the trailer stop, or are we just still watching Actually, movie trailers? Cocaine bear is a defensive lineman. You're right. I, I take it back. Um, when the cocaine bear climbs the tree, that was very Chris Jones-like. <laughs> I think this is enough, that's another, though, instance, Dominique, to where I think Steve Spagnuolo uh, has to play a big role because, um, you know, what what he has to do is find ways to get Chris Jones one-on-one. Chris Jones one-on-one can yeah. beat – he can certainly beat the guards. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, less the, the, and the Kelsey. Chiefs – Like, I think in uh, interior, he can beat those guys. I The, the Chiefs – the strength of their offensive line is the – I mean, well, Scott, the whole thing is very strong, I'm just yeah. saying. But, like, you know, if you get Chris the Jones – The tackles on, like, are special. The tackles are special. If you get like, – or, like, Lane Johnson is – if you get Chris Jones on Landon Dickerson, I, I I do think Chris Jones is the you know has an edge there, and I think so. You remember in the last game in the AC Championship when uh, Spagnolo walked up the linebacker over the yeah. center, and, and mm-hmm. Tony Romo went freaking nuts. He's like, <laughs> oh my god, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen, Jim. Anyways, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if we some of that see some of that. They walk up yeah. a linebacker to occupy Kelsey just to ensure that Chris Jones gets some one on ones. Um, although like if you drop out the linebacker, like Kelsey's so good yeah, at like, he's too athletic. You're going to have to actually he'll come off of it immediately. Yeah, you know? You're going to have to actually blitz that linebacker in order to yeah. get Chris that, that one-on-one. Yeah, I think so. Um, okay. So I, there's another factor in the Eagles offense that I think gives them advantage. I mean, they have a lot of advantages in this one, the wide receivers, the tight ends, the running backs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's another thing where I think that gives them a big advantage and, and that's their coach, man. Yeah. Nick Sirianni, like you talked about in-game adjustments and in-game management and, and Andy Reid's brilliant and we'll talk about that side of the ball in a second. But in terms of like, you know, clock management, situational football and then aggression, Nick Sirianni has been aces this year, right? I mean, you, yeah. if you listen to I mean, this pod, think, you've, you've heard a lot about it. Yeah, the the um, 
it's my inclination is to give the coaching edge to the guy who's won a Super Bowl and has been good every just about every year that he's coached and every team that he's coached. But if you're going just off of this season alone, uh, it, it feels like, particularly if you're going um, Eagles offense against the the uh, Chiefs defense, then yeah, like I, I go coaching edge to the Eagles, and cool. then your in-game decision stuff too is like yeah, that's. They haven't. They, they they seem to be a very analytically inclined front office, and Sirianni does not give off analytically inclined his general demeanor. But whoever their numbers guy is, he trusts them, and he's giving them stuff in his ear. And he's yeah, our boy Alec. It. Remember? Oh, yeah. it's Alec. Our guy Alec. How nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not the in-game guy, but um, I mean, oh, his okay, Eagles I have know. been an analytically friendly team for a long time. Goes back to yeah. when they went to the Super Bowl, of course, and won. Doug Peterson, right? That was the that was really when the fourth down stuff started in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, this year, um, I mean, they went for an ex- extraordinary amount of times. Um, there are forty decisions of fourth and three, three or shorter. So just kind of taking out some of the end of game stuff. They went twenty for twenty five. Um, you know, the tremendous amount of sneaks. Yeah, you just um, wanted to get back to this sneak talk. I know what you're up to. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Tiriani, um gained 15.4 expected points added with his fourth down decisions this year, Damn. which is a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of and points. And then their EPA was first in the NFL. Um, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a massive advantage to be able to use all four downs. I mean, dude, in the NFC Championship... They went for it on their freaking 37 and nobody blinked. And this is when it was like, it was early in the game. Like, I mean, it was fourth and inches, but like, that's, that's the advantage of having Jalen Hurts. And then of course that offensive line and then a staff that's willing to do it. And that's, that's going to matter a lot in a game where I think you and I both agree points that you, you, you want to score on just about every possession. Yeah. The, um, are we going to see a weird play? A trick play, a fake punt, onside kick, Philly special. I don't think they're like going to need to get that weird, but I think we'll see like similar to the Jags, like fourth downs where it looks like they're going to two cheek hurts, and then you know maybe oh, yeah. they, they go for an explosive and run someone yeah. behind him or something. But I mean, like th- I, I don't think you can undersell how important this is in this game. The fourth down aggressiveness, yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. Those, those, particularly for the this this side that we're talking about is if the Chiefs get them to fourth down, they are going to be begging them to punt. You know, like whenever they get them to fourth down, like they, they're just, begging. You know, because it's the idea that you can stop them three times in a row. Uh, seems like it's going to be hard. Then they get one more shot at it. <laughs> it's going to be like really challenging. Like I. I I would certainly understand if the Eagles, I mean, anything under four yards, four and under, and even higher than that, depending on where you are in the field, like, be aggressive. You're better. Yeah. And, like, then it's the, I guess the other side is uh, how you want to see how well you're playing against Patrick Mahomes because then the length of the field doesn't matter if he's if he's lights out. Nope. Then it's just like, fine, start in the red zone. That's where we're going to end up anyway. Let's try yes. to stop you from kicking a field goal. So thousand percent. Keep the 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 premium of keeping the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands is so much more important than field position. Right. So and and again, Nick Sirianni understands that. I like I, that's huge in this game. Huge. And it's not he, he I was looking for um 
uh, an old clip uh, where I was like, dang, this guy, you know, he's he's going for a lot. And it was week one of his first season. <laughs> it was the, the the his first game in the NFL. Um, he has embraced it from the very beginning and has not wavered from it. Dude, he's like Brandon Staley with, you know, better marketing. Um, <laughs> um, so that that's an advantage, I think, for the Eagles. I get, let, me, let me phrase it this way, Dominique. If you're an Eagles fan, what worries you? Offense versus defense. Yeah, because I was the first thing that worries me yes, is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> this side of the ball. Yeah. What, what, what are you worried about? Yeah, I think it's your point about Jalen, um, his passing. And it's Chris Jones. Other than that, there's nothing else. And that's considering the the stakes of this game. That's a great way to feel yeah. going into this game. But I do think the most concerning thing is Jalen Hurts' ability to connect downfield. If he's fine there, I, whew, I'm stress-free as an Eagles fan because you can deal with Chris Jones otherwise. But if he's not, then then the concern goes to Chris Jones. I think so. I think that those are the two correct. Like those are that's where you start. And then the third thing I would say is just Steve Spagnuolo getting really weird, yeah. <laughs> like something crazy, some look you haven't seen. You know, DBs blitzing out of nowhere. Um, you know, <laughs> disguise. Yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, the Chiefs defense. Like recent weeks, they've been playing a lot of a lot of dime. I don't. I think you know a lot of cover two man. I don't think any of that really applies in this game, frankly, against this offense. So. I think it would just be like a totally unexpected game plan. But that's interesting yeah. too about the, and you guys will get to this later in the week. But Steve's had to show everything, you know, like they've had. Yeah. Uh, we haven't had that same situation for um, the Eagles in their playoff run. They haven't really had to show everything. Not that they are a, a, a defense that, uh, I mean, defense or offense. That is it's hugely complicated, but they haven't had a competitive game yet in the playoffs. So whatever stuff they've been cooking up and they've been saving, mm. it has not been used yet. And that's not true of the Chiefs, whereas they had a couple games where they probably pulled out all their tricks already. One more question. Who's a Chiefs defensive player other than Chris Jones who's going to have to have the game of his life? I don't know. Carl Loftus? Um, I was thinking like Nick Bolton. Uh, you and your linebackers. Well, I mean, this, this Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, yeah, I was thinking McDuffie, uh, or I don't know. I guess I was, I, I'm hung up on these rookies, mm. and the game of their life would be, uh, would be nice. But yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I don't, yeah. So I think the problem is I don't think about this. I think about modern football and not running nearly as much because I was about to say, like, I can't imagine the plays that Nick Bolton would be making that would be, like, game of his life plays, but that's stupid because, like, yeah, half of those plays are not going to be about being in coverage. Like, half or more of those plays oh. are going to be about... Yeah. If he's in make, coverage, yeah. it's over. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't... In, see, that's why I went to those guys because I'm thinking through the air, but yeah, I got to remember that the most important thing to do against this Eagles team is going to be able to stop the run. So, Nick Bolton's a good one. It's like, if he can he can shed some, some blockers and make some tackles and makes it so they don't have to um, add more people to, the, to stop the run, then his huge game, it'll probably go largely unnoticed. <laughs> But it'll be very important. And to your point, though, like if the Chiefs, I mean, I think we both agree that the Chiefs have to be chaotic and, you know, like get some crazy plays and turnovers really mm-hmm. to stop them. And I think that's where you're looking at, like, 
you know, a Justin Reed interception or like that crazy, like Brian Cook to Joshua Williams play, that kind of thing happening. So something like that would probably have to happen. All right. That's the Eagles offense versus the Chiefs defense. Don't worry, Chiefs fans, if you're upset because we made it sound tilted. We're going to talk about the Chiefs offense. I'm going to talk about the Chiefs offense in a couple of days. Let's take a quick break, come back and talk about some of these coaching hires. Okay, Dominique, lots of news, lots of hires. We're going to do it this way. I'm going to uh, say the beast news, and you're going to tell me on a scale of 1 through 10 how much this excites you. Are you ready? Ready. Brian Flores, the new um, defensive coordinator of the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. Um, so, seven. There's excited. layers to this one. Yeah. I <laughs> Not mean, just I think, about football. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's up to seven, because they still have personnel issues. I'm not that excited about the defense automatically getting better because of um, Brian Flores' defensive acumen, although he's a proven successful defensive mind from a couple different stops. But it's more like, oh, he's not going to get blackballed out of the league. He got another job, and it wasn't just uh, with Mike Tomlin. So I think that's the most exciting part for, for me for Brian Flores. He may not get another head coaching opportunity, or maybe he will. But I, I was sure that the when he filed the lawsuit, I was pretty sure that he was not going to get many other job offers. But he's already back up to coordinator, which yeah. is shocking to me. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, I, all of that, um, it's definitely good news in some ways. I mean, <laughs> that... Um, I maybe part of me is like it's good news. Maybe it's like the NFL was like, let's not Kaepernick again. Let's not like be so brazen about it. But I mean, this is a very big job. So that you know, it's a defensive coordinator. Um, I, I think it's gonna be really interesting just from a football perspective because, um, you know what we've seen from him, what we saw from him in Miami. Boy, was that a different defense from what we saw in Minnesota this year. Just the sheer level of aggression. You know, I mean that this is the, the Minnesota defense was quite passive in coverage. He blitzed a little bit, but um, I think, you know, the, the, the identity is going to be very different. I guess, I mean, do you think the Minnesota defense can, like... No. Okay. <laughs> they don't have the personnel to do what Brian Flores wants to do, or at least what he what he did in Miami. They had young players who didn't play this season. Bill and I talked a little bit about it. Um, Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth Jr., so he's going to have those guys coming back into the mix. Um, but it does feel like they still need to make some additions on that side of the ball. I haven't looked yeah. at their cap in a minute. But, yeah, that's, I mean, a good hire. A lot of these defensive hires are really good. I mean, we're, we're gonna, like, there's a number of exciting ones. Let's get to the next one, actually. I, this one, well, you give me your, your rating. Giro Evero to Carolina. Oh, yeah, I love that one. That's, yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, eight. Yeah. yeah Carolina. Yeah, Carolina's talented. They got a lot of good talent, um, particularly on defense. And he was the um, coordinator of the Broncos, who, like, one of the most impressive things. And the Broncos are super talented. So I'm not saying that to say that Evero doesn't deserve credit for coordinating that defense. I'm saying that, yes, you could argue that the defense. When you have really talented defense, maybe the coordinator doesn't matter that much. But the one thing that I saw from them that, like, I don't know who to attribute to other than him is fight. They were the mentality of that defense. They did not let up through the course of the season, despite the fact that their offense couldn't get them 13 points ever. 
And it was, I, I don't know, that that to me falls on some sort of buy-in from the coaching staff, and it all goes back to the coordinator because it certainly didn't feel like it was the head coach. So, yeah, it's pretty much. I the think that mentality the... is a is a is a is a value add no matter where he's where he is. I say the thing we were talking about earlier, where the defense can look, uh, yeah, we got Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, pretty much yeah. the opposite in Denver this year. Um, they also like traded away their best pass rusher. Man, like that's yeah. it's hard to keep playing, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, through the first half of the season, they were second EPA per play. Um, I thought they were – so this was a Vic Fangio. So Evero is from the Fangio tree, you know, with the Rams, and he's all that influence on this defense or kind of maintained the identity from when he was there in terms of um, playing a lot of too high with the light boxes, and they did it to great effect. I thought they were pretty decent at stopping the run despite, you know, lacking – talent on the defensive line um Raymond Jones by the way is a free agent I just noticed that but uh now he comes to Carolina and I think that that scheme ports pretty well to the Panthers honestly like I was looking at you know we talk about a lot about the young talent on Carolina but the guys have been in and out of the lineup and at times I actually feel like uh, you know there, there's certain players who I think they can take their they can step up their game even more and then there you have like young players breaking out like Frankie Louvu um, I think like JC Horn will be awesome oh, in this yes. scheme. I think Brian Burns is going to be incredible. I think Derek Brown, I'll be interested to see, you know, I mean, it's, it's not really like a yeah, three, four, four, three, like doesn't really matter anymore, yeah. but I think he's a guy who will be asked to do a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I tweeted this. I think they probably need to add like a safety, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if this defense takes a big leap. Yeah, I would I would expect it, honestly. I think they have personnel to do it and a coach that can do it now also. Can I ask you a question? Like, do you think this Panthers team is really, like we always talk about who's a quarterback away. Do you think they're really a quarterback away right now? I mean, I don't know. I don't. Let's, it okay, depends, let me. Let it me, depends let's, on which quarterback, but yeah. I, I do think that they are, they're not a quarterback away like, like the Bucks were, where the Bucks were like loaded before they got Brady, but. They are they are that second level of quarterback away. Yeah, I mean the offensive line improved a lot yeah. last year, and they're going to continue improving. They've got decent skill players. The run game was very good. It definitely depends on the quarterback, though. That'll be interesting because they're picking at nine, and I think it's a really it's a, it's an interesting decision for them. Not just because of, you know the quarterbacks available there, or they might trade up, but it's like, do you want to be in the car garoppolo whatever market or do you want to like is your timeline let's have the young quarterback let's build this thing for the long term um they might split the middle a little bit and do the rookie and then sign like a jacoby Brissett. but uh, you know i it's interesting it's interesting that's yeah. all um but i mean fans have to be thrilled with the staff that they're putting together there at the very least all right speaking of teams that are a quarterback away Devontae Adams at the Pro Bowl, openly recruiting Aaron Rodgers to Vegas. Does this interest you? Um, no. I mean, I, th- I guess the Aaron Rodgers to Vegas, it, reuniting with Devontae, I guess would be fun. But I guess if, I, if I'm a Vegas fan, I'd love to have Aaron Rodgers because it's cool. But I don't really think that it makes them a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And if that's what you're trying to do in the AFC, um, that's going to be hard, and, and Patrick Mahomes' division, I think you're going to need more than what they have there. But they, they're they all in on, 
on Devontae, so I might as well completely go all in on Aaron Rodgers too, I guess. This would not be my choice if I was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I would choose the Jets over the Packers. Now, you know, how much, I mean, he's got the no trade, how this all comes together, the packages, that's all very up in the air. I, I think it's probably going to come down to the Raiders and the Jets would be my guess because they're probably not going to trade him in the NFC. Um, but the Jets, that's a Super Bowl defense. You know, yep. good skill yeah, players yeah, need to improve really the offensive good. line a little bit, but it's not like the Raiders have uh, advantage there. AC East is tough too, but. I'd want to see Garrett Wilson with um, a better yeah. quarterback. That would be fun. That would be fun. They also, like with the Jets, the defense is so good. Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over, you know. So, like that's yeah. uh, that would let me let me. If Rodgers went to the Jets, would you have them still below the Bills? Like I, I would say, probably still below the Bills. Yeah. Definite wild card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I put them below the Bills. Just as uh, we got to see Rodgers play well again, I think. I would expect him to play well again, but I wouldn't bump him over the Bills until we see him play really well again for an extended stretch. Okay, also the Pro Did you watch the Pro Bowl? Did you watch any of it? Uh, nope. <laughs> it was fun. I wasn't on any of the oh, cool. um, like shows, so don't feel bad. Yeah, that. I watched some of the um, skill stuff leading up to it. I saw you and, and your buds out there making me laugh. I watched some of that, but I didn't watch the game. I was, I mean, you know, weekends is... Kids sports time. I was at kids events. I, the skill stuff was really fun because I was yeah. just kind of walking. So I wasn't working. So I was just like hanging out. <laughs> yeah. I uh, um, got to like just like talk to players and watch. I meet Gino, who was the best. <laughs> the best. You pay that man. I think he, they will. I've seen reports saying, though, that like Daniel Jones is definitely going to make. I guess Daniel Jones is younger, but. Um, well, we'll talk to them. we'll talk about that when it happens. I uh, I did have one slightly awkward player meeting. Not I don't know awkward is maybe the wrong word, but um, I met Justin Tucker. He mm-hmm. came up and said hello, which I thought was really nice. Oh. And and I was like, yeah, I'm like your biggest fan. And he's and he's like, I know. I've seen all the tweets. They're a lot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. He told he Laura that he later, I guess they had him, they were taping something that he looks at them when he's feeling down. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, wait, this is another Pro Bowl story. Um, one through 10 interest. So the Raiders, this, the Derek Carr was kind of like the story of the Pro Bowl, right? Because he was there, which was awesome and awkward, and he embraced it in a way that I personally really loved. Um, Showed up wearing the NFL hat, which was a great move. Told Ryan Clark on the field that maybe if I played through like that, I'd still be in Vegas, which I thought was, that really made me like Derek Carr. Um, so, but the news is that uh, Derek Carr, so Derek Carr's like, yeah, I'm not extending my contract trigger date, which makes it likely that the Raiders will have to cut him. They are letting him talk to other teams, though. What is your level of interest in the accelerating, and it is accelerating, Derek Carr free agency? <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I think the their car is, he's after, I mean, he's the best free agent quarterback, I guess, if we're not counting Lamar Jackson yeah. or guys like that. He's the best free agent quarterback. But he's obviously below um, Aaron Rodgers, who seems to be available. So he, after that is when you start getting in Garoppolo territory. So, yeah, Derek Carr is, has, he's shown the ability 
Just not the consistency. So, yeah, I guess I'd be interested if I was one of these teams that needed a quarterback. There's no reason to trade for him. <laughs> like, just let this go. Oh, yeah, yeah, to trade for him, no. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be really tricky for teams because of the Rodgers factor and how long right. that'll potentially... Like, okay, the team that I thought... I mean, there's a bunch... If he's a free agent, then you start looking at teams like NFC teams, like the Bucks is one that I think it is a real possible yeah. landing spot for him. The Commanders, I would even throw out there. But if you're a team like the Jets, would you rather have Derek Carr... And he's going he's gonna to make some money, by the way. Nah, yeah. I'd wait. For Rodgers. Yeah, I'd wait for Rodgers and take the risk of, like, being empty-handed. Yeah. Hmm. It's going to be a really chaotic free agency because of the, like, the waiting, the trade yeah. aspect of it. I don't think teams will wait for Lamar Jackson, I think, just because the franchise tag. Yeah. But it's, it's just going to be Rodgers that's going to be hanging over everything. And we'll probably, I mean, that'll so I think that'll be interesting. Like, how much does it slow up? The process for Carr and Garoppolo. Hmm. Yeah, is there a big market for Garoppolo? Or I mean, not a big one. I know it's not a big. There market, will be. You think? There I mean, will I would be rather have Garoppolo? Derek Carr. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Last story that I wanted to ask you about: um, the Cowboys. All right, Brian Schottenheimer is their new offensive coordinator. Mm, mm, mm. I don't get it. Like, I'm two. Number two? Wow. I I don't know. I don't get it. Can you explain it to me? He's your boy. (sighs) Um, Well, I think the explanation starts with the fact that Mike McCarthy is going to be the, you know, calling the shots, right? So it's like, eh, you know, like, what do you really need? out of your offensive coordinator. It seems like this was, he was consulting there. I I didn't know. There's always like former coaches and coordinators consulting and you don't really know. And sometimes you see them on sideline. Every, every time I see Matt Nagy on the Kansas city, (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it like three times this year. And every time I'm like, you're like, Oh, Hey man. Um, Wait, the other one was, where was Anthony Lynn? San Francisco. Mm -hmm. That was one where I was like, Whoa. Okay. Anthony Lynn. (laughs) Um, but it's Steve Wilkes, San Francisco. Yeah, that should have probably that was that's good. That's good for them. Um, so Cowboys fans seem, at least based on my informal sampling of the internet, pretty apoplectic. I have to think that derives from the fact that it, when the Cowboys and the Seahawks met in the 2019 wildcard game, the Seahawks kept running into a brick wall like two <laughs> yards at a time. And you might remember I was yes, yeah, I you remember. had to talk me off the list. <laughs> Um, I, I'll say this in defense of Schottenheimer. He was playing for a head coach who really wanted to run the ball. And I think sometimes it can be hard to separate coaching, you know, especially when it comes to things like run pass balance, um, offensive coordinator from head coach. And those Seahawks offenses for in 2018, 2019 were very efficient and very, at one point, very pass happy. I think what would be, what's the sort of chicken or egg thing was, you know, Wilson's play started to deteriorate when teams started playing more of that shell coverage and they couldn't really throw the ball underneath and they weren't running it well at the time. So the question is like how much of that was just Russell Wilson, right? And I think maybe this year in some ways it makes Brian Schottenheimer look a little bit better in retrospect. But ultimately, um, I mean, his offense, you know, he's Eric Coriel. It's a zone run game, play action. Um, yeah, I don't know. I 
Yeah, it's nothing to get excited about. Doesn't mean it won't work, but it's nothing to get excited about. I think with Dallas, the biggest thing is talent more than yeah, scheme at this point. So need yeah. a, a running back if they're going to run the ball every play. Yeah, they have one. Same as Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, that's it. Dominique, thank you so much for coming on and talking about the Eagles and all these coaching hires. I really appreciate it, bud. Thanks for having me. Super Bowl. Super Bowl.